The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. The attacks on soda and sugary drinks are not fizzing out in the new year. Far from it. On day four, Coca-Cola was staring at a new lawsuit. Activists allege that Coke's advertising tactics have deceived the public about the health risks of sugary drinks. The lawsuit compares the beverage giant's tactics to the tobacco industry's past efforts at minimizing the health effects of its products. The lawsuit comes as drink manufacturers try to fend off regulatory assaults on multiple fronts, including taxes on sugary drinks in cities such as Chicago, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Harold Goldstein is the executive director of the California-based Public Health Advocates. We now have overwhelming evidence that sugary beverages are a leading cause of diabetes and this new epidemic of fatty liver disease. We've got kids who have livers as if they're alcoholics, uh, fatty liver disease that due directly to the consumption. A spokesman for Coke dismissed the lawsuit as meritless, saying it remains committed to playing a meaningful role in the fight against obesity. Our guests are Eric Gordon, professor at the University of Michigan Law School and the Stern School of Business, and Victor Schwartz, general counsel to the American Tort Reform Association. Eric, soda consumption is down, and the public has heard a lot about the health effects of sugary drinks. Does this lawsuit add new allegations? No, it's, uh, well, it adds a couple. Uh, I don't think it adds any allegations that will influence the public. You know, they have some details about who said what and who Coke financed to produce some research. But it's, it's, uh, I think it's, this, it's the long-told story that uh, sugary drinks, if you drink a lot of the stuff, uh, you're probably going to get fat. What about the comparisons to the tobacco industry? Yeah, so it's a good comparison in some ways. Some of the conduct is quite similar, using uh, you know other groups to get your message out. Um, but the comparison falls apart in some important ways. Victor, I, I read this complaint, and as often happens when you read a complaint, it sounds pretty bad. Sounds like uh, Coca-Cola misled the public, knew that sugary drinks were, you know, caused diabetes, obesity, and has been misleading the public. Uh, is, is that the uh, uh, if those allegations are true, uh, is Coca-Cola liable? Well, that's like asking uh, when did you stop beating your spouse uh, if they are true. I can put anything. I'm a lawyer for 50 years. I can put anything in a complaint. And uh, so it's answering a hypothetical. I agree with what the professor says. This information is in the public realm. Food is regulated uh, by the government. Tobacco was not regulated. Now it's under the Food and Drug Administration. And the only purpose of uh, cigarettes was smoking. But food has value. And the public knows about this. And from our group's perspective, it's public choice. And if the government wants to regulate through elected officials, let it proceed. But the courts shouldn't engage in regulation through litigation.
And the reason I came on the show is this is a classic of what ATRA, the American Tort Reform Association, believes is improper public policy. Eric, do you agree with that? That yeah. that this group shouldn't be able to sue over what soda manufacturers are saying to the public in advertising? So the gravamen, the point of this suit is not whether you have the choice to drink Coca-Cola or eat a bag of French fries, which has even more calories. The The point of this suit is uh, that uh, the, the allegation is that Coca-Cola and a trade association deliberately misled people. So uh, that that's what this case is going to rise and fall on. And while even if you believe, as, as I as I believe, I mean, people should within reason be free to choose whether they want a, a soda or French fries or whatever. Um, that's not the same as is it okay for a company to mislead people about its products. Uh, so if to the extent the suit focuses on that, I think it's going to be litigated. Now, the complaint also talks about all kinds of other things. It's almost a political complaint. It complains that Coke makes huge profits. When you strip out all of sort of the kind of almost social political rhetoric, you have a fraud suit. Victor, what about this idea that uh, Coca-Cola has been uh, misleading people by saying that you can balance out your your soda consumption that just by uh, you know exercising uh, you can sort of eliminate uh, any harm caused by a sugary drink. The allegation is, uh, look, uh, too much sugar can lead to diabetes regardless of of how much you you, you exercise. And Coca Cola knew that. So what what's the defense to that allegation? There was a suit brought against Fruit Loops, and saying that people thought that there was fruit in Fruit Loops. And it was put on the market as Fruit Loops. It was thrown out because people have the information in the public and they made decisions. And I agree with the professor with respect to a lot of this complaint with all this political rhetoric. I've never filed a complaint like that in my life. I hope I never will. You stick to the facts. So trying to pick out what the relevant facts are, the salient facts in this complaint, is a daunting job. I tried to do it last night, and actually I did fall asleep because it was kind of boring complaint. But uh, the, I just think that this is something in the public realm. It's not like tobacco. And, again, the, whole perp- the real purpose behind this is people at the Center for Science and Public Interest, they have an agenda, which is fine. I actually subscribe to their newsletter for once in a while, um, and I'm now 123 pounds. I don't eat a lot of stuff. Um, but that's fine. They should have newsletters. They should talk in the public, not use the courts. Well, Eric, a lot of people use the courts for this reason, and what they're saying is that the public is not getting the right information out there. and. Aren't you allowed to use the courts if you see false advertising in about 30 seconds? Yeah, I I mean, false advertising is illegal. Um, Misleading the public to sell your goods is illegal. Whether or not the facts in the soda case will bear out that that happened, that's for the court to decide. But if you think a company has misled the public to sell its goods, that's what courts are there for, and that's why there are anti-fraud and consumer protection laws. 
We're talking about a suit by activists against Coca-Cola, alleging its advertising tactics have deceived the public about the health risks of sugary drinks and comparing it to the tobacco industry's efforts in the past at minimizing the health effects of its products. Our guests are Eric Gordon, professor at the University of Michigan Law School and the Stern School of Business, and Victor Schwartz, general counsel to the American Tort Reform Association. Victor, you've, you've mentioned that you don't think this is a kind of a lawsuit that even should be in the courts. But will what are the plaintiffs lo- hoping to accomplish here? What are they asking the court for? Well, they want to have an injunction against advertising, stopping it, uh, advertising that they believe is inappropriate. And they want to have damages that they believe resulted in adverse effects on people's health. Eric, I want to return to the subject of, of the tobacco industry and the comparison there. So, so let me make the case for the, other, for, for, for the plaintiffs here. They say um, this is just like tobacco. You've got a product that, you know, sugar water that has no nutritional value. It's, it's addictive. It, it has detrimental health consequences. And you have a company that has been misleading the public about those consequences. Where does that uh, comparison uh, go wrong in your view? Yeah, here's here's one difference. If you smoked cigarettes, you you couldn't say, well, I'm smoking a cigarette instead of something else. Or, you know, if I smoke the cigarette, I can give something else up and still be healthy. You can drink a can of Coca-Cola, give up a bag of French fries and probably be actually probably be better off. Um, So in the tobacco thing, there, there was just sort of no way if you smoke cigarettes, uh, you're probably going to get lung cancer. Here the, here the consumers have more choices. But it's a really dangerous comparison because if it holds up, it could put Coca-Cola out of business. Victor, is Coke being singled out here for some reason as opposed to the other giant soda companies? Well, I don't know. I didn't follow this complaint. Uh, and so I don't know their motivation at all uh, as to why Coca-Cola versus anybody else. But it's big. And in general, uh, when lawsuits of this kind are brought, they try to go after the biggest, what I call deep pocket jurisprudence. uh, And that's part the motivation. And it's expensive to defend these things. So I, I don't know what the motivation is, but I do agree with what the professor said about the difference between the tobacco cases. Tobacco was not regulated. There was a long history. There's no real alternative to a smoker. We have so much information now. We're blessed in this age. This isn't the 30s or 40s or even the 60s. We have so much information, and it's in the public realm. And the public is not stupid, and they can make their choices. And that's what our society is about. We have a government that regulates food highly. I'm in Washington. Goodness me, you see regulations every week. They pour out. And the courts are not the place to do this. And some of these suits, they're almost funny. They sued uh, and claimed there was misleading activity by, staunch misleading, by a cereal company that made Captain Crunch's berries because the berries weren't real berries. Well, everybody knew that. So the case was tossed. 
And I think ultimately that is will happen with this suit. Nobody can predict the future, as the professor knows. But at least based on my stuff, dealing with tort law for now 50 years, um, I don't think this one will last, but it'll get a lot of headlines and it'll get a lot of publicity, which is doing right now. Eric, we've only got about 30 seconds, but I'm wondering, would this be a stronger lawsuit if it were filed by consumers who could say, I was actually misled by Coca-Cola and I suffered these health consequences? Yeah, I, I think so. Making that link would have been stronger. It's interesting that the government didn't file the suit. Uh, you know, in, in the end, in the tobacco suits, it was filed by the government. This is filed by two uh, nonprofit organizations um, uh, who had to use their own resources to file this suit. So I don't think they've done it uh, trivially. They, they've spent some money to make this happen. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Eric Gordon, professor at the University of Michigan Law School and the Stern School of Business, and Victor Schwartz, general counsel to the American Tort Reform Association. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, class actions are often a controversial area, and now the Ninth Circuit has widened the split among the circuit courts over one aspect of starting a class action. We're going to be talking about that coming up on Bloomberg Law. It involves the 100% natural labor on Wesson cooking oils. That's coming up on Bloomberg Law. I'm June Gronsler with Greg Storr. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.